Welcome to the Dirty South Makeup Podcast with your host, Atlanta makeup artist Rachel Rose Maza. Each week, I will be giving an inside look into the beauty industry by chatting with the community of creatives that connects us. From professional artists to beauty influencers and all the sexy humans in between, who are the faces behind the faces? Hello, friends. Hi, new friends. Oh my gosh, you guys are crazy. You guys are so funny with the memes and the reels. When I see you guys reposting them, it makes me laugh. So keep doing that. I didn't expect that one reel to go uh, blow up so much. Uh, And it's so funny. We talk about creating content and being authentic. And I feel like what resonates most with you guys is when I'm just myself. So that should be a lesson to everybody. Just be yourself. And if you are inspired to make a reel and you're not wearing makeup and it's not polished and it's just funny and you're just being yourself, just put that shit out there. Put that shit out there, guys. You guys are awesome. So I'm so excited because Christy Tag Attack is on today's episode. And Christy is the founder of Create Safely and also Pocketbook. So these are... Um, things that I've talked about in the past, especially on my episode with Nadia Michelle, um, my first episode about hygiene and um, kit organization. And I knew that Christy was someone that I would love to have on my podcast. So I'm so excited that she agreed. And we had a great time in our interview. We talk about so many things. So Create Safely is a community where I've felt at home, especially with the new normal and finding people to relate to and exchange ideas with about going to work safely and finding new solutions for uh, infection control and things like that. Christy has been a huge resource for me personally and just in the community as a whole. She's really paved the way for this type of a community to even exist. So thank you so much, Christy. I'm so appreciative of her. So make sure you grab your pen and paper because she is giving us so many gems. So make sure to follow her on all of her platforms. She has her personal account, Christy Tag Attack, Create Safely, and Pocketbook, P-O-K-I-T. B-O-O-K, which is her organizer. So definitely check out all of those pages. Sign up for her email list so that you're looped in for all the things she's going to talk about and be able to take advantage of all of the free education and free resources. And in general, just to expand your sense of community within the makeup artistry industry. And while you're at it, make sure to pick up a pocketbook if you don't have one in your kit. And this is not sponsored. I just fucking love the pocketbook. It is amazing. And I will post it on my Instagram what mine looks like. I carry all my disposables in it. And you can really make it your own. And it is such a great organizer, especially from a standpoint of being able to keep your kit clean and organized and it's easily wiped down. Uh, We talk about that too. So please enjoy the episode and we will talk to you next week. Hi everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome. Welcome back. I'm so excited as I always am always excited when I'm recording, always happy when I'm recording, but especially excited because I have Christy Tag Attack here today. Hi, Christy. Hi, Rachel. I know you and I have been talking about this for the past month, so I'm really excited. I know. To- Yay. <laughs> so if you, first of all, if you don't know Christy, where are you? <laughs> You're like living under a rock. <laughs> I'm based in Los Angeles. I'm a working makeup artist and hairstylist, licensed cosmetologist, and I'm in sunny Los Angeles, California. Yes. So I'm we're we're on a little bit of a time difference. I'm jealous because you guys are probably like still having some nice weather. Where in California are you? Are you in LA? I am in Long Beach. So we Long are Beach. still part of LA County, but I am I love being by the beach and I just love the energy out here. You know, right now in, in Los Angeles, it's one of the cheaper, less expensive beach cities. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely got a nice um, diversity and I just, I love being out here, but I'm closer to all the action, but I can yeah. drive out of the action, which is good yeah. too. I can't wait to travel again. I'm, and especially now, cause I've made so many internet friends. I'm like, I'm going to take like a freaking world tour and go everywhere and visit all my like online friends that I met during COVID. <laughs> I know. I'm like, 
seriously. Seriously. It's cool though. I feel like it's like such, like, I don't know how I would have made certain connections had it not been for COVID. And it was something that an episode with uh, my friend, Nadia Michelle, who I, I know, you know, she, she said the same thing. She's like, COVID kind of brought the makeup community together. I think so. And I think that's what's so unique about the things that have kind of evolved um, in this past year with different platforms and podcasts that are really focused on community, which is so great. Right. I think that's the pivot that our industry really needed, you know. I agree. So I've been in the industry, I've been working for about five years. So I still feel like I am definitely fresh. So I feel like fortunate that from what I hear from people that have been in the industry longer, it hasn't always been like this, but I'm fortunate that I feel like half of my career has been like this and has been very welcoming like yeah. coming in through this. So if you didn't know Christy, Christy is the founder of the Create Safely community and also Pocketbook. So if you did listen to the episode with Nadia Michelle, or if you didn't go back and listen to it, because it's all about hygiene, sanitation, kick and dancing, all that, all the good things. So what better way to kind of even get in a little bit further with that than with someone who is so passionate about it. She made a whole community for it. I know, right? Crazy. I think too, just going back to kind of like a little bit about who I am. I'm not sure if you asked Mm -hmm. me, but there wasn't really anything that was like that. And Mm -hmm. I felt like there was a need during that time because I was already practicing a lot of this stuff. Gosh, I think we, we shut down back in, at least in LA County, it was March. I think I remember the day, March 14th, where Mm -hmm. LA was like shut down and we weren't working. And I think from March 14th up until April, the middle, beginning of April, we were all kind of like, what are we going to do? Like, is Mm -hmm. this, because I think the first week, I'm not sure if you can relate to this. We were like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, it's like, how long do you think this is going to last? Yeah. For some of us, we were like, well, this is probably going to be until like September. And then some were like, "Eh, maybe in a month. Right. And then some were like, I don't know, maybe this can be going on for two years. You know, I know it's crazy. I, well, in, in Atlanta, we shut down for like a total of like, maybe like three weeks. Like we really, and I just felt, I feel like it never, we never really fully shut down. And in yeah. like the minds of people, like really things just slowed down for a little bit. And so it was like, it was this really hard period where we were able to go back to work, but everybody was too scared to, you know, people had like myself weddings contracted and there was no reason that we couldn't work. So we were kind of forced. I mean, granted, we could have canceled, but it's like, it's, it it put us in these weird situations where literally we're risking our lives to go do this bridal party in May. Right. And not to mention, we've never had a mask mandate. So when we're going to do the bride and you know, you're in the the suite, you're in, in a suite with 20 people and 20 people that are in and out of your space. I mean, it's been really difficult. And so I had to to make a decision where I was like, I can't do bridal right now sure, because sure. there's, you were, so you work mostly in production, right? I do really everything to be okay. honest. Bridal ironically was the first thing that I was doing once we reopened and aside, aside from my salon, because I have a studio salon in okay. Studio City, but in the first three weeks of the shutdown, I had to actually close my doors after three years, um, which was really tough because yeah. I think during that time, a lot of us lost our business. We weren't working. And so a lot of the motivation had already started prior, obviously in education, it wasn't infection control because there wasn't COVID, right. um, but infection control was part of uh, my education that I was already developing prior to the shutdown and prior to COVID. But then the pivot was going more infection control focused because that was the need at the time, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of different things affected what was happening and, and the passion that I was putting into Create Safely and why I brought it into and expanded it to everyone because of my own experiences too and what, what I was going through. Um, losing business, not working. And then shortly after, a few months later, the agency that I was signed with shut its doors as well. So it was was a tough time. And so I knew that um, there were other artists within my own personal community that were trying to figure things out and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to get back safely. And ironically, because of Atlanta, Atlanta was one, Georgia, obviously you guys didn't really, I mean, it, you guys were like, you know, like the Even regular, still, it's like people yeah. are at the, people are at the clubs. Right. So like I was nothing. Like, 
as a salon owner, I was looking at Atlanta like every day. I was like, what's going on over there? What are they doing? Just to learn from what was happening. And I think too, a lot of the noise in the news was more like Atlanta's opening up. They're not really taking it serious, you know, but doing my research, Atlanta actually had some really serious, at least for salon, there were yes. a lot of like regulations in place. Yeah. People didn't really talk about. And I was like, wow, okay, well, they're opening, but they do have a lot of regulations that were even stronger there than they were in Los Angeles. So the ones that we had, they were all so like literally the they were just guidelines. And if you look at it, it's like says guidelines. And then there are certain things that are in red, like the only things that we were technically required to do. And even to like now are wear a mask and no one within six feet of the station. Um, and then a couple other things that really didn't pert- it pertain to salons specifically. But those are the and the rest of the things were just like we suggest. Yeah, a lot of it. All of it. And it was just like not all of it. Cool. (laughs) But it was just so hard. It's so hard for as a freelancer to figure out. I feel like if you're working on productions or if you're working in a salon, you can regulate what's going on. But if you're a freelancer and you're walking into a bride, like a wedding. You can't, unless you have those processes in place, which is what I now did. I made forms saying, Hey, for me to work your, your wedding, these are the things that I need and to work period. And if those things are not met, then I cannot legally work. Right. And I think too, back, if we go back, I can't believe it's been a year of this already. Right. Isn't that wild? (laughs) We're going into February. Yeah. This all happened in like March. Wow. But I see back then, again, a lot of us were overwhelmed. There were a lot of artists within my own community before Create Safely that were like, I don't know, Christy, can I ask you questions? Because I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I have a salon. So a lot of the information to your point that was getting put out there was it was guided by the state board. It was guided by the union because those were the only things that were really giving us kind of a good base of guidelines for freelancers to look to. So, um, which was great because could you imagine, I mean, even till now, I mean, there really aren't any regulations in place for makeup artists. Right. And freelancers. Um, the great news is we've got the makeup standard that's come out. Um, mm-hmm. The closest thing to a state board and a health department, mm-hmm. which is in line with a lot of what the CDC regulations are putting out there. So that's great. So, but before that, you know, there there really wasn't anything that was guided by health experts or even talking about makeup artists having any type of guideline. Even to this day, there isn't anything in the health department. It's crazy in in Los Angeles, uh, makeup artists aren't even listed Mm -hmm. as field, which is like most of the country, we're in line with, we're considered um, close touch services. And we fall under like tattoo artists. Right. Yeah, which is interesting. It was just wild because here, so the first businesses that opened were tattoo parlors, salons, bowling alleys, theaters, and indoor dining. Right. You know, but the bank stayed closed. Like it was like, I felt like I was in the, I still feel like I'm in the twilight zone sometimes. Truly. It's like the, the state of Georgia is gaslighting me. (laughs) Well, it's crazy because yeah, complete opposite on the other side where we're at, we were like the last people to open Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So I think mo- now that I'm back to, you know, things are kind of, it's not, I don't even say like back to normal, but the new normal is I'm working. But to your question, I do a lot more. Now I've been doing a lot more production, but pre-COVID it was mainly, mm-hmm. I guess some some production, but a lot of red carpet gotcha. and, and a lot of editorial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so now I've literally, I'm just taking work where I can get it and what's in line with my safety standards. Right. Yeah. I think I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this to you. Um, you know, I've had to reevaluate certain business relationships. Sure. If the, the photographer them working with doesn't want to wear a mask because it's fogging up their viewfinder, how seriously are they taking this? Sure. You know, and for a test shoot, you know, the, the bride who want, who has sought me out and really wants to work with me as, you know, a bride isn't okay with signing forms that say, look, you have to, you know, we have to maintain distance and they're not okay with that. That's not my client. You know, luckily all of the people that I've had these things in place for have been like, wow, you're very, like they appreciate it. I feel like some people are scared to say things like that or to 
put things down like that, but people actually appreciate it. They're like, we're, I'm so glad you're taking this so seriously. Of course, whatever you need, do you need a separate room? You know what I mean? Like they'll, people will accommodate you, but I feel like people are really, people are really scared to like speak up and like protect themselves. And I don't know, the good thing is we have communities like yours, like the Create Safely community to empower us to have a voice when it comes to our safety. Does that make sense? And like, you also do seminars, like little um, webinars I've taken before and connecting with other artists that do take things really seriously empowers me to continue what I'm doing and to continue my standard seriously, because I'm sometimes I feel like I'm being gaslit by other makeup artists, by, you know, who, whoever is in my business, but hearing that other people are doing the same things and being able to share those things, it, it's really empowering me. So it's great that you, I'm very, very appreciative that you have done this. So just to, just to, I know we're, I know we're artists and so we're probably like all over the place. <laughs> I'm probably all over the place with you in my conversation, but that's exactly what Create Safely was built on. So just so you know, it started as an IG live. And for those of the, for those that know me, I'm not I don't really like to be on camera. It's not my my strong suit. Well, at least I don't like to see myself on camera. You look but so beautiful just, now, by the way. She looks oh, so nice. I, I always say this. I'm like, I always I always forget to, I'm like, even though we're on Zoom, I'm always like, I forget to tell people, I'm like, it's casual, but you're so beautiful. I'm like, oh no. And then I feel like I'm underdressed for the podcast. <laughs> Everyone that knows me though, like I'm always have a full face of makeup. I now. gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> I, always, I just... It, <laughs> I, don't, I think it comes from my Mac days because uh, oh. you know, when you work for Mac, you just got to be on point like every single day. Yeah, um, but I it's, feel you. It's, and I love it too. I love getting dressed up, especially now because how often do we do get dressed never. up? I know, never. So it was um, built out of the Instagram. Yeah, and I want to definitely yeah. hear the backstory for this because I don't, I, I just know that we connected. I think you probably, I think you followed me and it was when your account had first started. And then I saw the pocketbook. So yeah. So tell me about, tell me a little bit how, how, how this even like started. Yeah. So basically I, again, back to what I was telling you, I started with just my close friends that were all trying to figure it out. And then on April 7th, I remember the date I used to do a lot of education with Paul Mitchell. Uh, with the Paul Mitchell schools around the country. And I developed makeup curriculum for them. And obviously every makeup curriculum and training had infection control because it's mm-hmm. state. So on April 7th, one of my colleagues reached out to me on the East Coast and was like, hey, what are you doing? Would you love to come and be a mentor via Zoom? And I was like, absolutely. But before then, Rachel, I hadn't even touched my kit. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I was kind of talking. I mean, we were all having conversations with artists, like, what are we going to do? And people were asking me, questions like what do you think I should change about my kit how are we going to work safe you know safely when we reopen up and so I was kind of grieving my kit for a while I didn't want to touch it but then April it's 7th, like a shiva for the kit for a kit yeah I was like, <laughs> totally like I didn't even want to look at, I literally was sitting I, I thought during this time I'm gonna like I'm gonna work on my doll head I'm gonna do all these different things and like, I was, just, I was scared to open it I didn't even want to like breathe on it I was like yeah it was like my ex like you know like that <laughs> I was like you know you did me dirty you dropped me I don't want to talk to you you know so you know the school re you know I, I just got reinstated Inspired and I wanted to teach and I he said you can develop any a lesson plan that you want and so I developed a lesson plan that partnered artistry and infection control and I knew then um, because I've always been a, been passionate about education and mentoring um, that I wanted to help give hope to this industry that hasn't even started and I could only imagine the way I'm feeling and I've been working in it for 20 plus years how someone that's dreaming to want to do this is feeling now about, you know, what is their future hold, you know, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to give them hope. So I took all of the research I had already been doing, my experience and my passion for artistry and developed this lesson plan. And that's where it really started. And I started doing Zooms within the uh, Paul Mitchell uh, cosmetology umbrella. And then I I talked to Rachel, who I don't know if you got a chance to meet her. She's a really good friend of mine. And she had been doing a lot of lives. And I was like, gosh, she's so amazing on camera. I was like, would you want to do a live with me? Mm-hmm. 
And she said, yeah, absolutely. And I told her what my mission was. And I said, I wanted to share information on infection control and ways to create safely. And this is what I want to call it, create safely. And I want to just start uniting the community and support them. And that's how it started. We had our first live and um, I created the IG. And then I had already been developing um, videos and content and I put it out there. And you could see the videos from when I first started to now. And I'm like, I've definitely evolved. <laughs> oh, for sure. Just like this podcast. It's like, yeah, the first it's like you're learning. Right? Yeah, you're learning. my pivot. And it was really amazing. I mean, I didn't know how this platform was real. I didn't know really how I, I didn't really care, I guess, at the time, like about following because I'm very new to that part of the world, like being an influencer. I, mm-hmm. you know, I knew the definition of an influencer, but I just knew that in my heart, whatever I could do, no matter if it was one person to 300 people. I just, my hope and my goal was to just positively affect somebody. And um, I wasn't coming in as an expert in terms of science, um, but I am an expert in my craft. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and I have the education um, background and experience as as a salon owner to Mm -hmm. speak to my best practices at work. And they are guided by a lot of the trainings that you'll see. They're guided by my state board and they're guided by the CDC. And um, it's what I'm personally doing. And I wanted to bring education through community because I'm not the only person that knows everything. And there's so many people out there that have a voice. I really wanted everyone to share, like, what are they doing? Because there's so many people out there that are struggling and that have experience like I do. And why don't we just share it? And um, kind of what started to happen. And it became like this amazing energy, like of people Mm -hmm. sharing and motivating like people all over the world, including myself. Like I was like, okay, cool. Like, and then it just created a level of like leveling up a standard, you know, and it was validating for people that were like, are things changing? Am I crazy? Okay, no, I'm not. People are actually changing their kit. They are pivoting the way that they work things, Mm -hmm. you know? And now that we're like a year in, I've realized and learned a lot of different things now that I've been working. So I know that maybe there's certain things that aren't working that I've shifted from the beginning of the pandemic, you know, same. I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. I mean, I did. I remember it was kind of the same thing for me because people didn't know how to go about things. And I was just like, I'll give my, you know, I'll do a little kit tour on my Instagram. And I did one. And then I did one maybe like three months later and it was different. And if I did one now, it would be different again. But at least even if I look back, I can understand my thought process and it makes sense. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, especially for when I taped it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's all I could do at that moment. You know what I mean? And it just because we went back so soon, I feel like we had to spend so much. (laughs) I mean, everybody's been spending so much money overhauling their kits. I feel like because we went back so soon, we, we overhauled like 15 times more than everybody else because we were doing it before everybody else. I know, totally. So a lot of people learn from us, right? Like we, yeah. yeah. But I think the idea of this, and again, again, going back to my education and Mm -hmm. what I love is about education through community is I developed that three-step technique, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about, Mm -hmm. which knowledge, practice, and commit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what was happening through Create Safely with everyone sharing is everyone was practicing. Everyone was practicing their setup. They were going through like discoveries of things that weren't working and were working. And it was really great to see everyone's thought process because I was learning and watching it. But at the end of the day, like while people were sharing, they were actually doing it. So Mm -hmm. that was like one of my big goals is like, let's do the action and let's do it together, you know, and the feedback has been so great. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, yeah, I can't thank you enough. Like, that's why I was like so excited that you're going to be here because I'm like, your voice should be heard across all platforms is, you know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you much. And it's just, I think in a nutshell to kind of wrap up the create safely community is that it's, I mean, you and I, I mean, I I've talked to every single person that ads create safely or doesn't add because there's a lot of people too that just pop in and maybe don't follow create safely but they're just stopping by to check mm-hmm. it out and um i make sure that i greet every single person and um what's really amazing is everyone knows that when they come to create safely it's a positive platform mm-hmm. um, so everyone experiences something positive and it's been really great because everyone stayed true to the platform and negativity and things like that is really um it's never affected yeah 
create safely, which has been great. And the Instagram handle is just at create safely. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So make sure that you um, follow them and sign up for their email list. Uh, they have a link in bio that has like a, you know, Amazon shopping list for kit solutions, also links you to pocketbook and CDC. You have like everything available at the, yeah. you know, for free at the touch of your finger. That's why there's no excuse for people being like nasty. I'm like, <laughs> this shit is free. It is so easy to come by. Come on now. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that too. And I, cause there's so much and I, I, I want to make sure I, for, I don't forget everything, but that's, again, the platform is about providing resources um, so that it's easier because it, it is overwhelming because there's so much information out yeah. there. So if I can provide as many links and resources of artists and platforms out there where people can just go to and be like, okay, this is what I'm aligned with. And this is right. what, this is important information that I need to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm always going to grow. Um, mm-hmm. so just always stay tuned again to the link tree. Cause there's always going to be something new and I don't make any money off of um, my Amazon list. I never did from the very beginning. Um, it was just me sharing the information and, um, I know I, I want to support other people that do have a storefront for them. I Amazon. do. <laughs> I'm like, buy the shit that I like. Give me some money. <laughs> and I am completely in it and supporting everyone. Mm-hmm. So I always tell artists, put up your link on your post because I want people to go to your, your store. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I encourage everyone to, to make sure they link their link. Yes. On their- so I guess because we were bringing up education, I'd like to kind of shift and talk a little bit about um, something that just went on this weekend, the makeup show. So I'm not sure how in the loop you've been about the makeup yes. show. The makeup show, um, as you know, I was I was in the makeup show. I got to do a demo for a brand called Ruby May Cosmetics. Um, it was so important to me that I was, while I was doing my demo, showing up by being safe, by being wearing our PPE, by... <laughs> you know, portioning stuff out, even, you know, I have like a clear, you know, artist kit company hand palette, but I still, I didn't even want to be like working off my hand. Cause I was just everything. People don't realize that like you, you have a moment sometimes when you see someone and if it's taken out of context and you don't know what's going on, it could be taken the wrong way. Like, for example, I was using a liquid liner directly on the model. And so I kept repeating as I was doing, cause I couldn't portion it out. I was like, this is going, this is Sephora's to keep. This is a brand new one. This is Sephora's to, like literally as I was doing, cause I was like, I'm not about to be canceled here. So what happened this weekend was some people were working on people that they cohabitated with. Some people were working with people that they said were tested, you know, this and that. Yeah. So it just brings up this whole new topic of like, how are we supposed to be showing up as makeup artists, especially when we're on this global platform and some people aren't even going in the makeup show and all they see is a five second clip working on someone without a mask. And I would say that the majority of the people were wearing masks and were wearing PPE, which was great. And I saw plenty of that as well, but especially the green artists that, you know, are coming to makeup show for the first time. So what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? What I can say for that is just be accountable as a makeup artist and hairstylist that's working closely with artists and wear the mask. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, it's it's just important, especially if you are on a platform, because there's so many people around the world that don't have access to certain things like vaccinations and PPE. Um, and I only speak of this because I speak to artists within the community that are from Venezuela, that are from Mexico, mm-hmm. that have shared the stories, like the personal stories of them trying to work and create safely in the new normal. And it's really tough for them. And right. because they're they're working with a community that doesn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So if you have a platform that you can create a positive view on PPE and get people you know, this new industry that's coming in, yeah. influence them, you know, cause the mask isn't going to go away for a while. I think I look cute in a mask too. I don't know. Like I literally am like, I feel myself when I have that, have that mask on. I'm like, I feel myself. I don't know. I, don't know. I just, I'm <laughs> that too, like wearing a mask, it, it almost kind of like it's, there's two things. Like when I, 
was working on that movie because I knew that I was going to be working with my client for two months. I had to show her what I look. I just, because that's the personal connection that we're missing, right? right? The, you know, the, the facial expressions that, so then when I first saw her from afar, I took my mask off and I was like, hi, I am Christy. I'm going to be with you yeah. for two months. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant because I think if you work with someone for that long, or even if you spend an hour with them, and that's why I'm a huge advocate of like having a picture of yourself when you're going with your clients, because your clients, and we do it, you, you kind of build this image of who is working with you and their face and everything. It's so crazy. Cause in the minute when they take their mask off, you're like, Whoa, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're like, I don't know. It's like, you're like, mind um, blown. imagine like that. Like imagine dating right now. It is. I know. <laughs> it well, is I think- very weird. <laughs> I mean, you truly have to date somebody for who they are inside. You know what? I've been doing virtual dating and I'm like, if you don't want a virtual date with me for the, cause I'm like, I'm not trying to go on first and second dates in person. So like we could do virtual dates and then maybe third date will go for like a walk. I was like, I'm just not trying to expose myself to people. I was like, but you know, I was like, it's just so the whole thing is so weird, but yeah. That's but to so. end like to end your question about the face mm-hmm. mask, I think mm-hmm. at the, to the people that follow these influencers as well is you just have to, you have to, at the end of the day, you have to choose what is going to be, you know, what your safety standards are going to be at the end of the day and do your research. That's going to be the most important thing before you start working and um, get the knowledge, you know, and do the practice and do the, and commit to your practices. But that would be my advice to people that do see other artists um, that aren't wearing a mask. You know, you got to do at the end of the day, what is going to protect you, your client and your kit and your livelihood. And that's what I tell everybody that I work with on set when you get really people, it's you're going to drive yourself crazy if you're working in an environment and you're worrying about everyone else around you because you can't control everyone around you. You have to only control what's happening in your chair with your kit and with yourself. So, and lead by example. I think that's good. I like that answer. Yeah. So yeah, I, what I like in conclusion, I would say that it's just important that people remember that even if you only have a couple followers or you're just out there working as a makeup artist, you never know who's watching and we want to lead by example. So please wear your mask. Yes, so that's really, <laughs> exactly. I think that it's just really important to just yeah wear your mask at all times. Yeah. Show, show solidarity, solidarity with your fellow makeup artists. And on that note, I'm actually donating my body to science this week and I am going to be in a vaccine trial on Thursday. And I have a one in three chance that it's going to be a placebo and a two or three chance that it's the experimental drug. And yeah, it's like, it's a really long appointment for the first one. So there's also a chance that I go to the first appointment and they may say no, you know, cause they're probably going to do a bunch of tests and make sure that I'm what they need. Yeah. But I was like, fuck, sign me up. Like I need this vaccine. Oh, it's, it's, so it's- so is this just another vaccine that they're trialing? That's it's, not the one that's being administered right now. Right. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the brand, but it's it's one that they've already tested in Europe. Um, okay. So it's not the ones that are out right now commercially, but it's in the third phase, the third you know rounds. So basically this is the one before FDA approval. So, okay. and it's a blind study. So I won't even know if I'm vaccinated until either the FDA approves it and then they unblind you. which could happen in the next couple months or if I'm able to get the vaccines like if I my group becomes available to get the vaccines in Georgia then they ethically have to unblind me so that I could go get vaccinated got it but I was like if I can get it sooner just by rolling the dice sign me up and they're paying me and it is it is hard times right now I'm like I'll take the extra coin I'll take the I'll take the free healthcare for two years because that's also what they're giving me because they have to monitor you for two years. So you could possibly be like a superhero after this. I don't know. I I could also grow a tail. We don't know. (laughs) Right. I'm really down for whatever though. I mean, having a tail would be cool. I don't know. We'll see what this <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. Thanks so much for sharing. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear your journey. I feel like, I feel like I'll probably know after the second vaccination. Cause you know, from what people are saying is even if they didn't have a reaction during the first one, usually the second one, they have a little bit of a reaction to. So if it's a placebo, it's literally just water. So assuming if I feel burning or sore at the site of the injection, it's not saline. If I get a fever, you know, like that kind of stuff. So I'm assuming if I have zero side effects, it will be the placebo. They're just, 
you know, I've been meditating on this. I'm like, please give me the vaccine. <laughs> please yeah. give me the vaccine. Because this is, but even the vaccine is like a whole nother I know. conversation. I, I know. Think, I think right now, Rachel, is that with everything right now is so heightened because everyone is going through something right now emotionally. So everything is very heightened. Um. So, okay. So let me ask you now, because we haven't talked about pocketbook. So oh, where okay. was, so- so Create Safely was first, right? And then Pocketbook, was that like shortly after? Was that like kind of like, I feel like both of them, at least when I found you, it was like they were both in existence. But sure. so where did Pocketbook come from? Talk talk to me about Pocketbook. We <laughs> love Pocketbook. Go buy your Pocketbook. We have our Pocketbooks. <laughs> Yay. So Pocketbook was, Pocketbook has always been, the idea of Pocketbook has been pre-COVID. So that's been around, I mean, trying to create a product that helps artists be organized, that's easily clean and disinfected. That is something that I've been trying to create for a long time. So COVID really propelled that idea and got me moving into making it happen. So, and that's really where it came from. And I was trying to find a product um, and create a product that would allow artists to save time, allow artists to keep their products in neatly and organized. And the idea of working as condensed as possible, so you don't have to bring as many products. So that is where this movement came in with like decanting, because that's always been around. Right. Um, but the idea of um, being able to carry less, staying more organized will help you mitigate risks. And I wanted to find a product and create a product that was easy to clean and disinfect, that was non-porous. We all know now and have known that the, the chances of catching COVID off of a surface is there aren't any studies yet that right. have shown catch the virus on a surface. Um, But we also know too that it's easier to clean and disinfect something that's non-porous versus something that's porous. So over time, you can use like a 70% alcohol. I'm like, because people have asked me like, what, how do you clean like a Zuka bag and things that are fabric that are nylon? Because nylon is somewhat porous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know that viruses don't live as long on porous. Right. So just over time, knowing that a porous item is probably going to have to get replaced sooner than something that's non-porous. That would be mm-hmm. the big point of difference. But that's the idea of the pocketbook. And it came, um, I was able to release it sooner, I guess, really quickly because I created it and got it trademarked and everything and mm-hmm. launched it in July. So it was like maybe a few months after Create Safely had launched plat- the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't know what pocketbook is, I'm going to try to describe this. It is a like a binder folio with clear plastic Ziploc baggies that you can kind of customize uh, how many are in there and what you put in there. So what I like to do is, for example, I'm holding up one in front of me. I have all my disposables in here and this is my back stock of disposables. So like one is all Q-tips, all hand pallets, all spoolies, all this and that. But I also have a second one that has one Ziploc baggie per person with their own disposable. So I can just open it up and pop out that bag. And it makes it really easy and streamlined, like you were saying, to keep organized. And as I'm trying to get more organized, it keeps you clean and like safe when you're, when you have processes like this and places that stuff goes. Exactly. Well, that was the idea too. And you said it perfectly, Rachel, is I wanted something that was more sustainable too, because we were going through a lot of Ziplocs. And so um, I wanted something that was more reusable. And um, I think this is perfect for bridal because Mm -hmm. uh, I used it for bridal. I remember when I was testing it out too, because of course I test everything out and I was like, this is going to work. And it did, it kept me really organized and it it reduced the amount of surface touching. Right. And it's great for touch-up kits. I mean, these little, the little inserts aren't that expensive. You could do touch-up kits and put your bride's touch-up kit in there and then you just give it to them. So. Yay. It's like good for, it was made for everybody. So anyone that wanted to carry one for a wallet or for their personal makeup. I love it. Stylist, nail techs. It's really for everybody. And if you want to visit the Instagram for Pocketbook, is it is it P O K I T B O O K? All you need, yes, it's <laughs> it's so like a spelling bee. <laughs> yeah, so 
Exactly. Everyone's like pokey, pokey, because it looks okay, <laughs> you know, but it's, um, it's, you just go to createsafely.com. There's a direct link on the link tree and you just head right over. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to celebrate today because last night we hit pocketbook Instagram, hit 3000 followers. So that Congratulations. I created for pocketbook because I, initially I didn't want to create a pocketbook IG, Rachel, but I ended up doing one because it was, I just thought it would be really cool to have one just for it. Yeah. Uh, so combined create safely and pocketbook, we have over 11,000 followers. It's amazing. For create safely. That's amazing. So get on it. Definitely get into this community. You will not be sorry. You'll only be like, your mind's going to be blown, especially with like how much is, is available for free. It's like, I mean, it's crazy to me. So I wanted to ask you a couple, like to me, like highly debated sanitation questions because you're so knowledgeable in this. Okay. I have a couple I have. So the first one, press powder products, because Right now, I feel like people say you can't use them hygienically. Also in when I went to school, it was you just spray them down with 90, you know, you wipe them with a tissue, nine, uh, sorry, 70% alcohol. And then, you know, it's sanitized. People are saying scrape them. What are what is your opinion on pressed powder products and sanitizing them? Sure. So I'm um, again, coming guided by my background as a licensed cosmetologist and educator and working artist, because I've been used doing this practice for even going back to when I worked at MAP, Rachel, mm-hmm. Mac is really where a lot of the sanitation practices started. But whether you're scraping or whether you're using the powder off of a tissue, it's the same as long as as long as you're doing. So these are my three practices: wiped off, wipe off the first layer of your powder. So let me, if I had a powder product, I'd say mm-hmm. wipe off the first layer, um, just so you can get whatever dust may have fallen or any um, free radicals, anything that may have fallen off, or bacteria on it. Mm-hmm. Take it off, go in with your 70% alcohol, like you mentioned, let it set until it disappears, which is pretty quick. Like it takes like 30 seconds and then grab a tissue if you want. And that's going to become your palette or a cotton round. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you decide to scrape it after that point, that's up to you. Scraping onto a palette just creates, it's, it's really messy. It creates, slows you down. And what I always, what I've taught for in cosmetology schools is always working off a tissue. Right. I feel like the tissue thing though, wasn't taught. I didn't go to, so I didn't go to cosmetology school. I went to like a makeup certification course. It was a 44 hour course. They never taught me to do that. And I worked in department stores and they never taught me to do the, the tissue thing was new, but it makes so much sense. So basically like taking a tissue, rubbing it onto your pressed palette or your pressed uh, powder. And then you work off of the tissue as if like you were saying, that's your palette. And it was like, I was like, how did I not know to do that? Well, I think, well, you'll see too, Rachel, there's some artists that are just going in still and working off of directly off of the powder. Mm -hmm. Now, what is my, if you go in and you work directly off the powder, after you've done the two steps I told you about, like 70% out, take off the first layer, 70% alcohol, you could go in with a clean brush directly, but then you just can't go back in. Right. You know, so so why not just create a palette off of your tissue so that Mm -hmm. way you're not doing that step. Right. Time. And one of my colleagues actually told me, and I need to pick these up. She uses, I think it's like dental gauze instead of a tissue. And she, it holds the pigment a little bit better. And so she uses that as like a little hot tip. Yeah, um, it's comfortable. I put some um, biodegradable organic cotton rounds on the link tree. So that may be ooh. a good one to add to yours. Ooh, to your perfect. Yeah, um, Because they, they're biodegradable and they don't have that tiny lint where it gets into your eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Um, okay. Second, did second. Your question? Yes, that did. Second, second, hotly debated beauty blenders. Can we talk about beauty blenders? Because there's been like so many like debates of like, can you, can you sanitize a beauty blender? Most people say you can't. I've seen TikToks where they're like, this is how you sanitize a beauty blender. And then you see them just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> well, again, it just goes to hear it. I'm probably the worst person because who asked me, Harry actually asked Harriet um, Hadfield. She asked me the mm-hmm. same question. And both of us are like, we're brush girls. 
So we've always used brushes. Um, the only time that I have a beauty blender is if a client requests it. Mm-hmm. We'll carry them. I think to answer your question, I would definitely go to uh, Makeup Standard and ask. They've got a We Speak Beauty has a really great podcast about beauty blender. So I would oh. link them to them. You can again. I, it's hard because I don't. I haven't, I'm not someone that uses it. So I would definitely. I gotcha. Yeah. And then they actually have partnered up with science uh, group. I forget the name of it and I don't want to misquote it, but if you go to my link tree, it's on there, the makeup standard, they have uh, studies that show that beauty blender can be disinfected and sanitized. Right. I'm like, if you nuke it, we can nuke it. In I don't the know. It's, it's here. And I, I'm not a scientist. So that's why I'm like, go to these people, you know, this platform, this resource and find out more information. And then mm-hmm. if you're aligned with it and you feel comfortable, then do it. I've chosen right now because I've always done brushes to so use brushes. Unless my client asks for beauty blender. And thankfully I'm in a position financially, if I needed to get a beauty blender just for that client, right. just get one for them and then right. for them you know right yeah I act I was using I was using beauty bunders but I would uh I would wash them with like you know dish soap and like soak them in the you know soapy water and like that to me was like disinfect because it's like you know that's what they yeah, when I use them I use them on myself I love yeah. beauty bunder on myself I use it every yeah. day I like my, you know and I, I retired them I retired them with COVID I was like I can't yeah but that's the thing like people it's up it's really up to what you personally want to do and I think people yeah. what I tell everybody Rachel that asked me again and this is why I think a lot of people gravitate to our platform is again I have resources for questions if I don't have the answers to them but at the end of the day I can only share what I my personal experience and expertise from my background right and I'm not here to police anybody so if people want to use add UVC light that's another hot topic we could parking lot for another mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. I think whatever additional things that you you choose to do to help mitigate risks is great. So whatever thing you want to add, whatever to your, as long as you stick to your basic practices and soap and water, washing your hands, wear your mask, Mm -hmm. sanitize, don't touch your face, do all those things that we ask. And then anything added, I mean, that's up to you, you know, but as far as beauty blender goes, like, again, it's, I'm always been a brush girl. So yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Go to the makeup standard. Yes, I will. I will. I definitely will. I feel like it was, it was funny though. Cause yeah, when COVID happened, I actually had just redone my kit with all of Danessa Myrick's color fix products, which are in these little tubes. And I just pretty much moved over fully to that. Like I rarely use pressed powders anymore. Um, and it just makes it so easy, especially cause they're in a little squeezy tube. You don't even need to like scrape it out. So it's literally like just squeeze a little dollop, squeeze a little dollop. And I am so used to working with them. So I feel like that's kind of where I've shifted mo- the most significant shift. I feel like yeah. in my actual makeup application has been using mostly creams. Oh, I love Danessa Merrick's stuff. Yeah, she's she's awesome. an amazing product, but I think, yeah, that's another great tip is if you're having hesitation and you don't trust yourself in your best practices using pressed powder or loose powder, then hold a cream. It's another yeah. alternative, but you're still going to have to go through the same steps that I exactly. just shared. You still have to do the, the wipe off first layer and then the 70% alcohol. Yeah. And what I always, what I, what I also say is like, look, we're like all doing the best that we can. You know what I mean? We could all drive ourselves crazy and like, we all just have to do the best that we can and support each other and just keep ourselves informed. Right. And on that note, um, our last Create Safely Collective chat, Melissa Street, and I always will remember this epic makeup. She's always said this from the very beginning. And it's just a front, a good reminder is that we are makeup artists and hairstylists that don't work in an environment like a hospital or a dental office. So our environments change all the time. So we have to know going in, we can only do the best that we can in the environments that we're in because we will never work in a hundred percent sterile environment. Exactly. And it doesn't happen in a hospital too, but they are going to be the closest to it, but we will never be in that type of environment. So if you, if you take that part out of it, you won't feel as stressed going out and creating again, you know? Yeah. I love that. Do you have any um, chats coming up that are scheduled or should we just uh, keep in the loop? I do. So I have, um, I have a create safely chat uh, via IG live coming up with Harriet Hatfield, which I'm really excited to have. 
Uh, she is, um, you'll find it on the link. I'll start post posting in the stories. I have a few more lives happening with Create Safely Chat via live with a makeup artist and hairstylist combo artist named Erin Berry. Elle Favreau is coming back on. She is a union makeup artist, mainly makeup department head that's coming on at the end of the month. Okay. And then also have another Zoom at the end of the month that's just men's grooming in the new normal. Ooh, I love so that. I um, Amy Kamarowski, Melissa Desarte, and Michelle DeMille, who are okay. joining us for an amazing like men's grooming, all men's grooming chat. And that's at the end of the month. Before we go, because we're kind of wrapping up on time, um, what I usually do before we go is I usually give my guest a would you rather question. So yeah. I prepared one in advance for you. So would you rather only have beauty blenders and your hands to work with and no brushes for your makeup application or have no palette and spatula to work off of so you could only work off your hand or be creative? You just wouldn't have your stainless steel spatula. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I make them very hard. That is <laughs> Okay. So, so I can either, would I rather work with just brushes? So the first one is, okay. So would you rather for your makeup application, you can't use brushes. You can only use beauty uh, blenders and your hands to apply makeup. So no brushes Okay. or have no metal palette and spatula to work off of. So you can only work off your hand or be creative with what other um, materials you might have to work okay. off of and scrape with. Gosh, I think that I, well, I would choose the, because of what I just explained to you in terms of um, the beauty blender. I know I can sanitize my hands. Mm -hmm. I know that I can um, just buy a new beauty blender for every client. Mm -hmm. So I would choose beauty blender. I think I would too. That's like the easier. I'm like, I would have to, I, I would think though, maybe I would like sanitize my pocketbook insert and use that as a Oh my palette. gosh. Okay, so I got a little bit more creative, but I had to, but I, but I've been thinking about this all day. So it's, I, I had that answer prepared. So, <laughs> so no worries. Oh my God. I love that. But yeah, I think I, yeah, I would definitely, I would do the beauty blender yes. for sure. Awesome. Love the answer. Love the reasoning. So Christy, before we go, is there anything else that you kind of want to wrap up with? Uh, let us, let any of our followers know uh, where to follow you. I know we already talked about like kind of what's going on in the future, but yeah. any, any like parting words, you're amazing. And I'm just so happy that you've been here and so thankful that we've connected. And I really hope that whoever is listening to this podcast uh, really gains that community out of this uh, episode and really immerses themselves in it because it's been truly helpful for me. Thank you so much. Well, I just want to thank you for bringing me on and thank you for your platform because um, I just feel like there needs to be more of this and more of this community um, and continued talk. Because I think that as we get into our new normal, what I think we're finding is we're forgetting that the conversation still needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think what I would wrap up with is, although we may not, we may start to see a lot of these things start to happen where there's people with zero masks on and maybe they're, we start to slip a little bit, like things start to fall to the wayside, you know, mm -hmm. because as Americans, we do tend to forget fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that as long as we just continue at the end of the day to um, keep creating, um, because there is a way to create and do it safely, you just have to do the research, do the practice and commit to it. Yes. Wise words of wisdom. It's like the new, like live, laugh, love for makeup artists. <laughs> Yeah, just don't, you know, just don't lose hope and just know that that there's a community out there that's supporting you. Awesome. Oh, wait, my last thing I would say is always lead with love. Always lead with love. I love that. Yeah, always lead with love. And make sure to follow Christy at Create Safely at pocketbook that's with the k it's k-i-t and then what is your personal instagram my personal instagram is christy tag attack c-h-r-i-s-t-y and then tag attack t-a-g-a-t-a-c yeah so add her on all platforms and she's always her her dms are always open yes I would you say. can yeah oh, oh my gosh i will don't be don't be startled if i jump on and talk to you if you do, <laughs> like, do it all the time thank you christy Thank you for listening to the Dirty South Makeup Podcast. Please follow me on Instagram at Dirty South Makeup Podcast and at Rachel Rose Makeup. Please give your bottom bitch some love by rating, sharing, and subscribing. 
or drop me a line. I promise I don't bite. Hard. <laughs> See y'all next week.